0: NFL spring owners meetings are happening. New rules are being changed for the NFL season. We've got flexed Thursday night games. We've got emergency quarterbacks. We've got maybe the end of NFL kickoffs and new host cities for Super Bowls and NFL drafts coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers if you're not with us every day. Make sure you're subscribed up on the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel and everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, so we got some new rule changes, Matt. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I want to start with the schedule and the flux okay. of the NFL schedule and NFL games and, and maybe project out what I think is happening in the NFL as they creep with creep toward more Thursday night games and and creep toward you know more just overall games in a season. Uh the latest has been a rule that has passed that allows the league to flex Thursday night games. Now they get 28 days advanced notice if your team is flexed and it's only these end of season games. So weeks 13 through 17 are the only weeks okay, basically after the Thanksgiving uh, week 12 games. So after Thanksgiving Thursday night games can be flexed, which means the league wants more ratings, better games in these Thursday night primetime affairs. So if you need four weeks, 28 days advanced notice, that means for the th- week 13 game to be changed, you will need to be notified by week nine. So essentially halfway through the season, the league is going to look at the schedule, look at the standings and say, well, this team that's, you know, 0-8 right now, 0-9, you know, 2-6 and or whatever it is, uh, th- we don't want that team to have this Thursday nighter in week 13. So we're going to let them know a month in advance that we're going to put some other teams in there and and have some better matchups in prime time. Do you you like this change or do you not like this change?
1: I think so. I mean, I think it's good for us viewers. You know, I mean, we've seen more than our share of Thursday night stinkers, you know, to be honest with you. And, you know, I think by week nine, you'll have a pretty good feel for what's a good game, what isn't. And everyone will make fun of the NFL because they'll make a change and then a quarterback will get hurt or a team will go on a four-game losing streak or something like, oh, good thing we flexed this one. But at least right. they're trying to give us the best product. You know what I mean? Like, if it was week 14 last year and you got Texans-Bears, I mean, like, I, I of course, would tune in, but I wouldn't really even want to. And I can right. see a lot of our listeners being like, yeah, I'll watch Cheers that night, you know? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> just...
0: <laughs> Cheers rerun. I think
1: it Thursday. Um, let's see what favor, Sam
0: and Diana yeah. are up to. <laughs> right. Coach, bears already. and Texans uh and for the tv viewing audience it makes the most sense that's where the most dollars is and that's why these things are happening uh i right I, at first i thought came on anything that happens with thursday night it's like just a safety issue it's like come on dude i but, hate um, that part right but at the same time it's not short notice like, a game is going to be played on thursday so what's the difference if it's these two teams or these two teams and you have a month notice to figure it out mm-hmm. the thing i do not like about it is for fans that are going to the game and making travel plans. And a lot of fans look at the schedule. have already bought tickets, have made, have bought flights, have bought hotels. And all of a sudden they're going to find out that four weeks before this game happens, that, you know, the days they took off of work don't apply anymore, that that game has now changed. They can't go to the game. That's money they've spent. They can't get back potentially. So that's the thing I really don't like about the flexed out situation.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, you know, because, Unlike the NFL, the people paying for tickets and flights and hotels aren't made of money, you know, and uh, that's not ample time sometimes to tell your boss, oh, no, I'm not going to take time off or now I got to get out of here. Or, you know, I mean, everyone has different situations and that is difficult. And also, I think everyone knows my feelings. How do you mentioned on the safety issue? Being especially the road team on a true short week on Thursday night, I think is one of the biggest disadvantages in the entire league. And if you already were that team once, maybe even twice, and you're asked to do it another time that you didn't count on going in, that's pretty rough. You know, I mean, I understand giving me the best product as a viewer, but if it means giving the Jets an extra short week and they already had one, not very fair
0: and those are probably gonna be the teams that are fighting for playoff spots
1: yeah it's thinking second of a you know a, a contending type team you know
0: giants owner john mara according to judy batista spoke out strongly in march against the flex scheduling for thursday night games said after the vote that he stands by what he said then quote i'm disappointed but certainly not surprised and okay uh, there was five or six owners that voted against it but it did pass
1: So I have some insight on this too, because from just being down at at, uh, Steeler OTAs, I guess Mr. Rooney had some concerns as well. And the, the, the original, from what I understand, this is third hand information or whatever, but originally they only wanted to give two weeks notice. And I think the Steelers amongst other teams were like, Hey, you know, I mean that that's, that's too harsh. I mean, Moving an entire team, even if you have a private jet, I mean, you got to find a hotel, you know, you got, there's a lot of logistics involved. And I don't know that it even changes the way you would have coached leading up to that. It's not like you'd arrested a guy like it's the NBA or whatever, but that would have been way too short of notice.
0: And in the end, I think that this rule is probably not going to come into play a lot because of how many weeks notice you need. You mm-hmm. know, we know by week nine, definitely if this game is going to be really bad that you're going to want to change late in the season and there's only you know five Thursday nights that it could even possibly come into effect anyway so you know maybe if one or two get changed per season uh, more than that i'd be surprised
1: that's what i say is two maybe you know and the game would have to maybe really not. line up to be really bad you know i mean it would have to be a disaster looking game to make the change in my opinion
0: and, and I'm sure that other teams have a say in it too that would be like, no, we don't want to change anyway and make, make it more mm-hmm. difficult for the league to change their game and then networks fighting over, no, we had this game and this is the game we want. So it's, uh, yeah, it gets very convoluted. And, and I would imagine, yeah, it, to, to be honest with you, I'd probably put the, the line at 0.5 on how many games get changed actually on those Thursday nights.
1: This certainly could be much ado about nothing. You know, something um, we're talking about in May and then forgot all about until two years from now when it actually happens, you know?
0: And we were talking a little bit about this on lockdown 49ers and and it's funny how the league is like very concerned about uh, player safety. Right. Uh, But it's more concerned Uh, about money. So it's like, uh, does it take money away from our pocket? Okay. Well, we don't worry about it, but how about this one? Player safety. The uh, owners approved a resolution, putting the ball on the 25 yard line following a fair catch on a kickoff. And so that uh, that has now passed. And so basically you know, it used to be you fa- you can fair catch the, the ball in the end zone on a kickoff and it goes out to the 25-yard line or a touchback. You kick it through the end zone, goes to the 25-yard line. If you caught the ball, you know, you know, outside of the end zone, you're you're returning it. Uh, but now you can make a fair catch, like, from the 10-yard line, from the 5-yard right, right, line, and you're going out to the 25-yard line. So are we seeing the beginning of the end of the kickoff in the NFL?
1: I think so, and – what we've seen, and I have talked to special teams coaches about this, that more and more teams do not want to blast the ball out of the end zone. They, they really would like to – people, probably some young listeners that don't even know this term, you know, coffin corner it, you know, like people used to do when I was a kid, you know, trying to mm-hmm. punt, drop it in on the two-yard line. Because that's hard on a returner. You know, you got your head in the air, waiting, 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 knowing I can't kneel. Uh, you know, so that is something that kickers, you know, kickoff artists have really worked on is kicking as high as I can, try to drop it within the 10, like it's a golf lob shot, you know, trying to land it on the green. And these guys are talented enough to do that with some consistency for sure. And of course, there's times a coach that says, blast it out of the end zone, we'll just take it from there. But I do think that is a player safety thing and I'm fine with it but I think there might be some ramifications and we've already seen this the last few years of punt returners matter. The kickoff return ma- returners really matter. Maybe not. It's <laughs> in terms of like, who do I keep on my roster and who do I, I not, you know?
0: Yeah. At this point, kick, kick returners punt, and punt returners have been all about. Just don't drop the ball anyway. Cause it's not right. Kick, right. right. And, and the return is becoming such a, unimportant part of the game that you might as well just scrap it
1: just start at 25 every time or just
0: whatever at 25 yeah it's like yeah. uh yeah, what are we
1: even doing here you know
0: the xfl does do it a little bit interesting and, and i haven't watched much xfl but you know looking into it a little bit more the the way they do it is they have a normal kickoff but just the coverage units and uh, the uh the return units just start further away towards where the returner is going to start with the ball so you actually get a regular return you just don't get the 40 yard head start so that ends a lot right. of the collisions. So you still get a, a potentially exciting return, but you don't have nearly as much of a injury risk there. And I like that a lot, but I think the NFL yeah, doesn't actually like too much of what the XFL is doing.
1: Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, there's definitely hubris involved there saying, but well, we're not going to take from them. They take from us. We're big brother, you know. Yeah. I and that, the, yeah, I like, What's wrong with
0: that? The, the NFL, and it would have to go hand in hand with the, go for it on like, like the onside instead of an onside kick, having the, the fourth down and 15 or fourth down and 20 play to get the ball back. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and which the XFL does in the NFL, I know is, is voting on that, but doesn't look like that has passed yet or will pass. So, okay.
1: This is another one. That's not a huge move, but I do think it will eliminate some, some poor returners getting smashed, you know, and yeah. a little bit of special teams, um, you know, strategy.
0: We've got some announcements about the 2025 draft, where that will be held, the 2026 Super Bowl, where that will be held, and emergency quarterbacks. And uh, I think we might take a peek here at uh, at a list of the best GMs in the NFL as well. This episode of right. Peacock and Williamson, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Make a fast break right now to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place for all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Not just NBA playoffs either. There's NHL playoffs, and you can get deep in all of these playoff games you can uh you know bet one player's stats you can build your own parlay game by game parlays of course there's major league baseball all summer we've got pga golf there is soccer wnba tennis motorsports uh you play vegas style casino games as well at fanduel so visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's fanduel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Emergency QB. Before we do,
1: BP, I just did a little project I wanted to check out while you're out there. It's just, what are those Thursday games that could get flexed? You know, are there any jump off the, the, the chair, off the seat for you? 13 is Seattle at Dallas. Seems pretty feasible to me. I don't think that that can get, I doubt that gets scrapped. Then the Patriots, the
0: networks, even if the even if one of those teams, is glad the network's not going to want to take Dallas off their schedule.
1: And I was gonna say the exact same thing with the game that's here. Patriots at Steelers. I mean,
0: that's huge fan bases. And Chargers, two teams, at- two teams that are likely to be not very good. <laughs> Old <No>. curmudgeon teams, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh Chargers at Vegas. Maybe the maybe the Raiders stink. I mean, I guess that's a possibility.
0: Yeah, in-division game, that right. very likely looks like it should be a good game.
1: This one I could see getting flexed out. New Orleans at the Rams. The Rams might be unwatchable at that point.
0: Yeah, the the Rams season. And the Saints, I just, I don't know. They're kind of limping along and,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: kind of retooling, but I don't know how good they're going to be. They they're they should be better at quarterback, but how much better?
1: They at least should be in the division hunt, you would hope. In and
0: it's later in the season, so it gives you more time. So that's yeah, Fifteen, you said.
1: That was sixteen, and then the last one is Jets at Browns. So, I mean, I I can't imagine that one getting flexed out.
0: Yeah, and so that would mean you know sometime around Thanksgiving they would have a lot of time to figure that one out for mm-hmm. you know a week sixteen flex. So yeah, you know one maybe and maybe one. I wouldn't yeah, be yeah. shocked if 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 none of them are changed.
1: Absolutely, but okay. So I just had to check. It was bugging me.
0: No, that was a that was a good, that was a good one by you. Just real quick, we're talking about Fanduel. Get that get that schedule going here and, and yeah. those, those games. Um, the emergency quarterback is back, Matt. I yes. don't know really why it went away, but the the way the I rules are exactly. now, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was just an extra guy that every team had, and they knew who their emergency quarterback was. And if a guy gets hurt, he can't come back in the game anymore, and you replace it with the emergency quarterback and. Uh, Now the way the rule is, is that there's, you know, there's 53 man rosters and the quarterback has to be on the roster, but only 46 players suit up on game days. And now you get a 47th player who is basically the emergency quarterback. So you don't have to waste a, uh, you don't have to waste one of your suited up spots for a third quarterback. So I think it's probably more likely that every team's going to have three quarterbacks on their roster instead of two, Mm because they get a full undress on game day, unless they don't want him to be, uh, a member of their 53-man roster.
1: Well, this brings a, on a side tangent. I remember telling you this because I know you're not as big into hockey as I am, and I'm not as big as I used to. But the NHL, do you remember how we had this? love this rule. Players? It's the craziest it. thing in all the sports that I can think of, is every city has an emergency goalie. So Pittsburgh, this happened to the Penguins. They played in Dallas, and the Penguins' only healthy starter Got hit with a puck or whatever before the game and couldn't go. Or, no, no, no. They had two healthy guys. The guy they were going to start gets hit with a puck and couldn't go. So they only had one. So if he gets hurt, they don't have a goalie. So they get on the phone with the Dallas emergency goalie and not the Dallas Stars emergency goalie, the city of Dallas. So it could be for the home team, the away team. This dude was a plumber by day that plays in some beer league. And I think he played minor league hockey like 15 years ago and they call him up and he got to the game in like the second period. And there he is sitting on the bench by himself comes fully dressed in pads. He dresses on the way in like the back of a Batmobile or something. I mean, that's (laughs) the craziest thing I ever heard. I'm not suggesting the Steelers should do that, that, Seattle should have the designated quarterback, and it's like Jim Zorn or somebody, but it just <laughs> brings me to that. <laughs> you know, let's keep some old guy around, and he'll play for whoever, you know. Yeah I, I think
0: should, yeah, I think it should be the quarterback coach that has to go play. Yeah, there you go. Maybe the head coach. Has to go play.
1: <laughs> but to your point, to get serious, why did this rule ever go away? I mean, I'm sure your Niners are like, that would have been nice, you know. Oh, right. And, and, and yeah. that's
0: it was such a famous game that they're like, oh, what are we doing? Why did we not have the emergency back? let's bring that back? Because, you know, it makes a game unwatchable and you can't have a playoff game or one of these primetime games we're talking about where teams are turning off the TV, you know, it's all about money. It's all about the TV dollars. You want people watching the game in the fourth quarter. And uh, if a game is out of hand because a team doesn't have any quarterbacks left, it just makes sense to be able to allow a team to have that emergency quarterback situation, especially knowing they can make plans. If they're going into a game, one of the guys kind of banged up already. Now Mm -hmm. you might be one quick injury away from being, quarterback list if you only have two on the roster so um it wouldn't have helped the 49ers because they had already gone through all their other quarterback options. they were done anyway so it it actually wouldn't have helped the 49ers in this situation because they were already on to qb4 and then they didn't really have a qb5 option but if it would have been like you know trey lance got hurt and then jimmy garoppolo got hurt and then brock purdy was your emergency quarterback then that would have been a situation that helps and so if that situation does arise uh, it, it's a you know it's it's something that should happen. You you don't want to ever watch a game that's quarterbackless.
1: Absolutely, and COVID was crazy times, but. When you're asking a wide receiver to be the Broncos' starting quarterback, like you have no chance to win. And no, same no, thing sure. happened to your, you know, your team. It's like playing without a goalie. I mean, like put some defenseman in the net. I mean, he's not going to save a puck. I mean, it's so <laughs> it's like playing without a pitcher. You know, like Jose Canseco pitches for you. I mean, like it's crazy. pretty
0: wild. So in hockey, the the plumber goalie is still going to be a better goalie than some other guy on the roster.
1: I guess. I mean, it, it's such. I don't know it well enough. I, I'm talking out my rear end, of course, but. Goalies only do goalie stuff and, you know, I'm sure operating in goalie pads isn't something you learn overnight, you know, hopping up, moving left and right glove hand, you know, the, the sticks totally different. So all I the bet moves. the answer is yes.
0: That The thing where the goalies put their knees together and make it flat. Like, I don't know how many human beings can do that anyway. Cause goalies right. are like, they look all big and menacing in their pads, but they're gymnasts almost.
1: They are. And what's crazy is like when I was really into it, you know, in the nineties or whatever, like go watch like Gretzky highlights those goalies don't take up any net. I mean, like now the pads are light and wide and there's so little to shoot at. You know, guys would get you know near 200 points a year because there was a ton of net to shoot at. I mean, Mike Bosti skating down, blasting slap shots. It just opened, <laughs> opens net all, all over the place. So that has changed as well. But I'm sure it's I'm certain it's a very specialized situation. And if you asked Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the league, hey, go be a goalie. I'm sure he's better than you or me, but I don't think that's you know a, a feasible situation.
0: Not better than the beer league plumber, though. No, not better
1: well, than the big fat we, plumber We need to whatever. respect
0: beer league plumbers a lot more often. <laughs> Speaking of beer league, I just played a softball game last night. It's my level. Nice.
1: There, okay? nice. You're so odd. Uh, I retired from pickup hoops like 10 years ago. because Yeah, yeah, it's just bad. To it.
0: Bad on the knees. Uh, um, so when it comes to emergency quarterbacks, I'm in on it. You're in on it, it, sounds like. Yeah. Good job, league. Why'd you ever take it away?
1: So, lastly, though, this was kind of what we were getting before we got a little goofy. I do think, and I always bring it back to the Steelers. The Steelers are one of those teams that always keeps three quarterbacks. I mean, ownership has said that since the Bradshaw years. They always do it, even when 90% of the league was at two. Well, I think they knew this was coming, and so they signed Mason Rudolph this year, because I think those type of dudes that are high-end threes— now, might have a little more value, you know, because you're going to keep some scrub on the practice squad, but he's going to be a six round pick or a rookie or something or an undrafted guy. But the Mason Rudolphs of the world, and there's 40 of them now have some value, you know, now they get a contract.
0: Maybe it helps a, a team to keep a, that third quarterback that might be developmental instead of putting them on waivers in the final cuts and keeping two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Maybe they keep three, knowing that when they dress everybody on game day, having that third quarterback is is not going to take up one of those 46 spots.
1: And I say this all the time. I mean, last year, 69 different human beings started a game at quarterback. If it's week, if it's a trade deadline and we're already at 45, maybe the Mason Rudolphs of the world are getting traded for or the Darnolds of the world. I mean, you know what I mean? Like whoever number three is, you might get a fifth-round pick out of them. Who knows?
0: Uh, One more note from uh, those meetings that came out is that, uh, as expected, San Francisco or Santa Clara, the the whole Bay Area, basically the way that, that it functions for a Super Bowl was awarded Super Bowl. Uh, fifth uh, Super Bowl sixty in two thousand twenty six, February two thousand twenty six. Hmm. So that'll be at Levi's Stadium, and festivities both uh, down there at Levi's and and a little further north in San Francisco, and in some other spots in the Bay Area. And then the twenty twenty five NFL Draft will happen in Green Bay, Wisconsin, at Lambeau Field, man. That's
1: awesome. That's unbelievably awesome. And actually, kind of shocked it took that long. Maybe that should have been the first spot. You know, talk talk about history and all mm-hmm. that. So what year is it in San Fran? 26, you said, right?
0: Yeah, Super Bowl 60, which is February 2026, after the 2025 season.
1: Okay. So that's about when Kenny Pickett will be the best quarterback in the league. <laughs> so I will oh. repay you stay at your place, you know, after there you, you stay here week one.
0: Yeah, so uh, the, the <laughs> Purdy versus Pickett part one will happen in Pittsburgh. I'll visit you. Right. You can come sit <laughs> on my couch for Purdy versus Pickett, too, which will be Super For Bowl all
1: 20. the marbles, yeah.
0: Love Fantastic. it. Fantastic. I love that. Uh, so, NBC Sports here, or uh, yeah, NBC Sports Edge, uh, put out an article about the best GMs in the NFL. Let's go through this. Who are the top GMs? Who are the bottom few GMs in the league? And we'll see if we agree. Next, thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to the Everydayers. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and every way you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we've got our weekly mailbag, our Twitter Thursday. But it's not just Twitter, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, where you can drop those mailbag questions. You can also drop a comment on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed up there. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the thumbs up and the notification bell so you know when a new podcast arrives. Pat Doherty wrote this article for NBC Sports uh, about the top GMs in the NFL. And uh, this is definitely list season in the NFL. And uh, I guess probably no surprise right now with how well the Chiefs and the Eagles have done recently. They were the representatives for the NFC and the AFC, respectively, in the Super Bowl, have one and two on this list for the top GMs in the NFL. Howie Roseman of the Eagles getting the one spot, and then Brett Veach slash Andy Reid getting the two spot for the chiefs, but really Brett Veach deserves credit. And I don't think it should even be slash Andy Reid because Brett Veach was the guy who spearheaded the Patrick Mahomes move and the Patrick Mahomes trade-up. That was his guy. And so everything that happened with the chiefs since Patrick Mahomes, kudos, Brett Veach. Great job. Like you, you you did something there. And uh, so I I can't fight those guys being wanted to.
1: I really can't either. I mean, and and Roto Pat, Pat Docker, you mentioned does this every year. He also did his top 32 coaches, that would be easier than GMs, of course, you know, but give the Chiefs credit. I mean, you mentioned the trade up from Mahomes, home run. I mean, grand slam. I mean, it couldn't be better. It's as good as any move in NFL history. But they put some stones on the table trading Tyree Kill. I mean, they were one of the best teams in the league and just last offseason said, we're going to open up a ton of cap space. We're going to get a lot younger. We're going to trade this guy in his prime. We're going to change how we play offense. You know, we're going to dink and dunk and not, you know, beat you over the top. And I don't know that they got great players in return, but they accomplished all their goals and won the Super Bowl. I mean, how do you argue that?
0: Done a good job putting an offensive line around Patrick Mahomes as well. Uh, they've drafted a lot of young receivers. We'll see how they turn out. They had a seventh-round rookie running back, was their leading running back when yeah. they got to the Super Bowl last year. So that's obviously in good shape and you know, continuing to add young defenders to, uh, to the mix as well. So great job mm-hmm. there by uh, Brett Beach and, and Andy Reid building that thing. And I don't think we need to go over what Howie Roseman and the Eagles have done there. No, right. so, you know, drafting and developing their own young quarterback and just putting a ton of talent uh, on both sides of the ball.
1: They're going to have the, the only thing I can say about the Eagles is now they have the challenge of having the expensive quarterback. You know, you're not going to be able to go chate, trade for AJ Brown left and right. You know, I mean, you're, you're done being a buyer for your priest.
0: And we've seen how they had to let expensive defensive linemen go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. You know, like uh, Javon Hargrave, but then they drafted guys to replace those guys. And clearly Hassan Reddick's probably going to walk. And then you've got Nolan Smith, their 30th pick mm-hmm. in the, in the draft. Uh, to to jump in there so how they're able to replace the high-end talent that they do have to let walk because of how much they're paying their quarterback will be key going forward
1: I love how aggressive they are though I mean they're always moving around in the draft guys like Hassan Reddick, they get at good prices Gardner Johnson a year ago it was like this time of year they scoop them up for a fifth round pick from what I remember like they're always active they're always looking I, I think they're a top-notch organization
0: Number three is the uh, the tandem of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch of the San Francisco 49ers. Four is Brandon Bean of the Buffalo Bills, along with head coach Sean McDermott, and then Duke Tobin slash Mike Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals. And what do four of those five teams have in common? Well, they got superstar quarterbacks that they are or going to have to pay pretty soon. The San Francisco 49ers clearly get the outlier because they have stars everywhere else, but can't seem to figure out what they want to do at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I initially kind of rolled my eyes at the Bengals, going, "Well, that's quite the coincidence that they took Burrow first overall, and I could, my sister could have drafted Burrow first overall, and then they got good."
0: (laughs) When you look at the difficulty of how Mahomes was 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 gotten, you know how they how how they procured or even Allen, right? Yeah, yeah, or or, Allen, he was a trade up, and he was not exactly what do we do? Actually, a lot of similarities with with uh josh allen and patrick mahomes about mm-hmm. you know a lot of gms are like we don't know what to do with this guy crazy talented arm but what do we do with him and they're and credit to those teams it's a lot of, they're like we, we want this guy we want to we want the challenge of developing him uh because they saw the upside and they they believed in the human being and they nailed it and then obviously the eagles with how that development went with, yeah. with jalen hurts you know a higher level degree of difficulty there than just being a bad team in a year where there's a good quarterback number one and you draft them like the Bengals.
1: Right. And they had Wentz at the time, which people might forget now, I mean, who was kind of a star, which is hard mm-hmm. to believe. But I do want to give the Bengals some credit because they built themselves a really nice defense. It's mostly through free agency. I'm not sure drafting Jamar Chase is all that difficult, but they're addressing their own line. They've done really good things, but they they did have one card given to them that not all these teams did.
0: Uh, then I start to have a huge problem with this list at six and seven with less need of the Rams and Bill Belichick yeah. of the Patriots who they built like with the, the Rams, is a tough one because they want a Super Bowl just last year. But if and so they're, they're a different if, build 12 months ago. Sure. Put them on the list. Now. This that. doesn't look nearly as good. Are they still going to? How long are they going to get credit for that past Super Bowl? Because now we're seeing the mm-hmm. downside of of what they did with this, this the extreme stars and scrubs roster, and not having first round picks. And as far as Belichick and the Patriots, they've been one of the worst drafting teams over the last half decade.
1: I just said this. Disfra- I give Belichick all the credit in the world for understanding team building more than just this isn't a fantasy team just assembling talent you know you're gonna have this role and i'm gonna use you this way and blah 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 their drafts stink i'm sorry i mean bill the coach is way better than bill the gm nowadays i mean i don't even think it's close and, and not just because i rarely agree with their moves when they make them but they don't pay off i mean remember the the unbelievable year of spending tom brady's gone so we're gonna have, we have all this cap money for the first time ever It was like Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, like none of those guys are good. Nobody thought they were good at the time.
0: Yeah, that's right. As as well as drafting not great, you know, Nikhil Harry and oh right, and and really couldn't build that thing. Now with a new offensive coaching staff there and Bill O'Brien, will Mac Jones start look a lot better? You know, look a lot more like the guy they saw with as a rookie. and do some of these other position players play up the skill guys because the defense is going to be fine. And, you know, all the Joneses they have on defense, they've done a pretty good job of, you know, finding pieces there and and Bill coaching them up. And so that it could look okay, but I have a problem with them being top 10 GM right now in this era. In the past, yes, they've been up there. Right now, no.
1: The body works insane. I, I address that, but the last five years are not great. And Brady made up for a lot of bad personnel moves. Last nugget here, I don't envy Pat for making this list. I've had to make some crazy lists in my life, too. I get putting the Rams where they're at just because they did it differently. They thought outside the box. So, okay, that's not a a normal way of building a team. But they're paying for it.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, did this drop? How, yeah, they won last year. You drop them five spots from number one because they were the Super Bowl champions to six. And then next year, if they're bad again, you drop them to 11 and then you drop them to 16. You know, like how right, how does right. this work if they're bad again? Uh, it's a tough one, but still six is, is too high for, for what ended up happening there. Um, Rand Carthon, Montee Fort Fort, new GMs, not a part of the list. So only 30 GMs are part of it. Number 30, Nick Casario of the Houston Texans, 29, George Payton of the Denver Broncos. You can think the Russell Wilson trade for him being that far down on the list. Um, Dave Ziegler of the Raiders, along with Josh McDaniels, we've seen a couple of years of them now, a couple off seasons there at 28, 27, Scott Fitterer of the Panthers and 26, the bottom five here, uh, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew combination that are running the Washington Commanders.
1: I guess they should be the bottom five. I mean, it's been year after year of spinning your wheels, you know, particularly what's going on in Houston. And you can't just blame Deshaun Watson for that because they, they got a haul in return, much like Seattle who quickly turned it around. Um, Obviously, Texans and Panthers with the early quarterback selection might, quote, look a lot smarter soon. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So, kind of the Burrow argument. Not that those guys were as good as Burrow.
0: The sixth worst here, number 25, is Ryan Poles of the Bears. And I didn't think that's pretty unfair because I thought he's, I think he's done an amazing job the last couple of years. Now they were the worst team in the league, had the number one pick in the draft for a reason, but you saw how they spun that into so much talent and DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. You know, Darnell Wright got an offensive tackle and a lot more picks, including one next year. Uh, so I, I think he's done a fantastic job. And if we're drafting GMs, the job that Polls has done, I'd draft him before. A lot of the guys that are above him on this list, so that's that one's a little unfair. I find it interesting Scott Fitter and the Panthers, uh, where they're at. They've gone up and gotten a, a number one pick. I think they maybe overpaid to go up and get a, a an outlier of a quarterback. And clearly, you know, they haven't been able to put a, a team together before this that is good. So uh almost, you know, he's he's bottom five, but almost still a little too high for me for Scott Fitter. But maybe they got it right and found their quarterback. And and we talked about Allen and Mahomes and how they were found. Did Scott Fitter go find his superstar quarterback? Then he'll rise right up on this
1: list. I, say that's, I mean, he's now tied to uh, Young, obviously. I think they got their coach. I mean, Frank Reich got the short end of the stick for Jeff Saturday in Indianapolis. I mean, I think that could go a long way. The the Young-Reich combination to me is, is intriguing. And to piggyback what you said, Ryan Poles has done well. And what you have to think about with these guys, kind of like our draft grades, he was dealt an awful hand. I mean, the that team... Game.
0: He he was dealt a young quarterback that had talent and we'll see what Justin Fields becomes. So that, that move was already done. So he doesn't get credit for it. And necessarily if he's good, except for what he put around him. Uh, But what he's done since he was brought in the rest of the roster was, was terrible.
1: Terrible. Right. So some of these guys had to, you know, like Atlanta's in the process of that cleaning up the Matt Ryan years and all the cap problems before you can start to really put your stamp on things, you know?
0: Casario and Peyton, uh, I, I see it. I don't have a problem with that. You know, Casario's gotten to ch- choose another head coach, which is a little bit surprising with all mm-hmm. the one and done's they've had there. And, you know, they put all their chips in with CJ Stroud and Will Anderson th- at the top of the draft and, and even gave up their future picks. So they better be good because if they end up with one of those top picks that could have been uh, an even better quarterback, then that's going to be an awful move. Um, but, you know, still a little bit wait and see there. And George Payton's, you know, kind of started off with a really terrible maneuver going to get in Russell Wilson can his new head coach Sean Payton though turn it around that's a big key for Payton not being at the bottom next year
1: I'm excited to talk <laughs> I'm excited to talk a little more Broncos when we have time but I think they'll be better this year I mean that's not saying a lot but I don't think Russell Wilson's going to stink this year and a lot of it is because of Payton I think it's a decent roster my last little nugget at the bottom though and I know it's been two regimes worth but there has not been a worse Team than the Raiders. I mean, their drafts for 10 years now were really end of the Al Davis lifetime because he was so good at this stuff for so long. The Raiders are night and day, from what I remember. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I really don't don't think they look like a much different or better team than they were last year.
1: And even last year, I'm sure they had a come-to-Jesus moment of, should we trade everybody and go draft pick-centric, get a young quarterback, or should we push our chips in and try to compete with the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos and trade for Devontae Adams? Well, they made the wrong choice.
0: They did make the wrong choice.
1: Yeah, and that wasn't hard to see then.
0: No, we talked about it. We are like, I don't know what you guys are doing. We got right. some pushback from some Raiders fans. They're like, oh, no, you're you're underselling. We're we're that, yeah. that secondary's not covering anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, I'm right,
1: right. You I still only have five team. good players. Right. Falling off so far. But
0: uh, we'll see. Reunited, Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe that's what they needed there in Las Vegas.
1: For I mean, they're striving towards mediocrity.
0: Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, your team is covered on the network. Matt and I back tomorrow. Get your questions in on Twitter or in the YouTube comments for Twitter Thursday mailbag episode. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.